Good morning, everybody. Thank you for sitting here spontaneously and volunteering to listen to me. I pray that I know, well, I have heard from God, but um, see if I can bring it across what God wants to say this morning. So I just want to firstly say Happy Women's Day. Not that we ever get a day, but anyway, it's there. I don't know what we did, but I'll take it. I'm hoping when I get home, I'll have lunch and everything, and my washing will be done, and all this kind of stuff. But we can only but hope. Yes, as if they are. Amen. Okay. So today, we know it's the 9th of August. And the year is 2020. What a year. It's almost like this year we've been put into a twilight zone. It's like I can feel a movie coming on from this year, you know. It's just like a science fiction movie is coming on. And it's like, yes, please. But we've all gone through something in this year. We've gone through struggles. Things have come up that we've had to learn to deal with. And I really believe that God wants to just encourage you this morning that there is a way out and there is hope. There is a light shining and we're going to get to it. Amen. You know, in this lockdown, I was so excited because it was almost like forced rest. You had to rest. You had no choice. And especially from Pastor John, it was awesome. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. He does drive us. God was so gracious, he sent the COVID virus. No, I'm joking, he didn't, he didn't. (laughs) So anyway, so we thought, yes, and we're going to save money because we're all at home, but it went completely haywire. Of course, now we've got everybody living at home, so everybody must have three meals a day, if not five meals. My daughter decides that she needs to go on a baking spree, so then we've got to buy stuff to bake, and then we're baking bread, and we're baking muffins, and we're baking crunchies, and we're baking who knows what we are baking. And then... The one day I was sitting inside and I heard my dog yelping. So there was obviously some kind of action. Even the dogs were feeling it because nobody was in the streets that they could bark at and have their excitement. Somebody walks past and they're like going moggy. And my one little dog, he's a little wide-haired terrier. And he was sitting there and I heard him yelping. And I'm thinking, gee, that sounds a bit unusual because he's not normally yelping like that. I mean, he does. I mean, he sings with the hardy dogs and all that. But this wasn't that kind of tone. So I ran outside, and there he's sitting on the driveway with his foot up and going, and I'm thinking, and now? And then I just see blood, and I'm going, and now? So anyway, thank goodness Dad stays with us. And the first thing I shout for is, Dad, please come and help, because I can't deal with blood and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, what happened? The neighbors next door picked up a stray dog. They're going to keep the stray dog, but it it went moggy. It ran out the yard, and her dog and my dogs were barking at each other through the gate, and this dog bit his toe off. His toe was literally hanging from not even a bone. I'm telling you, ask my dad. It was, ugh. so now we've got to get to the vet. So we get our masks and everything. We rush up to the vet. And praise God, after that, they had to amputate the toe. And two and a half thousand rand later, thank you, Lord. But God provided. There's just no more baking anymore because there wasn't money for baking. Then we had that massive storm. And then we're sitting in the patio because it's an indoor patio. Next minute, I'm sitting there, and I see this massive bolt of lightning, and I see sparks fly, electricity's gone, and it's like, the tree's on fire, what's happening? And then I look outside, and our neighbor's got this, the same neighbor's dog who bit my dog's toe, this tree, have got this massive fir tree in the yard, and it caught a light where it was struck. 
So anyway, that caused a lot of devastation. Our, our gate motor went, the electric fence went, wada, 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 the, the electricity. So now it's locked down. Now we have to get someone to come and help us. And our dearest insurance company were ever so helpful. No, it's you've got to wait till the end of lockdown. So I said, you know, telling us we've got to wait for electricity till the end of lockdown. So anyway, we made a plan. And um, I think it was only the next day, hey, Dad, we were sitting on the, <laughs> the strip again, the strip. And my dad's car is parked on the side there. Now, my dad's car was literally on the opposite side of the yard. I mean, Pastor John saw. And we go look at his car and think, no, this can't be. His whole car, the back of his car, was smashed to smithereens. It was dented. The glass was broken. And we didn't actually realize with the force of the lightning, one of the branches flew right over the house. And thank goodness it was over the house because if it had probably gone through the house, it would have done a lot more damage. But it went right over and it, and it knocked my father's car. So he basically can't drive it because, you know, and of course it's locked down, so you can't do anything. So praise God. That was like about 20,000 rands worth of damages. But God was still faithful. We were able to pay it and we got our money back after long fights. We fought, but we trusted God and he did come through us. So I said to Ian, I'm over this lockdown. Safety's supposed to be at home, but I'm totally against it. I want to go back to work now. I'm done. <laughs> so Pastor John, I'll come back to work. All right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So having said that, Lockdown also created an opportunity for, for us with families. It made me realize how we live past each other. And it's like, you know, we now we're in each other's space 24-7. It's like, okay, you're beginning to irritate me a bit, you know. I don't like you. You're a teenager, and I think you need to go to varsity. Or whatever it is, you know. But the family just bonded. I mean, we were playing. I hate games. I really do hate games. But for the sake of my family, we got together, and we started playing games. There's one game I won't play is Monopoly. But we played card games, canast, and it was just really a good time. However, I'm waffling, so I want to get to the point. So 2020, we have COVID. Okay. COVID wasn't a happy time, and it's still not a happy time for a lot of us. What is COVID? Well, business is closed. Okay. No business. Um, so because of no business, no jobs. Okay. And because of no jobs, no finances. Okay, that's our first problem. Then, because of the COVID, there was sickness. A lot of people got sick. A lot of it wasn't from COVID. But, of course, they put everything to COVID because they got underlying symptoms. And because of all of this, there was hopelessness. And it's very real. And praise God, he had his hand over me and my family. And I'm sure he's got his hand over you. But there are still, there are people suffering. And obviously, this, all this has exposed our government, the weakness in our government, unfortunately, it's an ungodly government, and we need God to intervene in all of this, all right? So, it's not going to be a depressing message, I promise you. <laughs> okay, so this is the problem. Okay, so now, these problems all cause fear, doubt, and destruction. Then, on the opposite side of the scale, we have a solution, Praise God for that, isn't it just? And our solution is God. Okay. God who is all-powerful, and he is full of wisdom. He is loving. And we can go on. He's kind. He's sovereign. We can go on with the list. This is his nature. So surely we should be trusting more in him 
than the reality of what COVID has brought us in these times. However, we have God on one side, and we've got our problems on this side, but we need something in between to connect to God. And that is what I'm going to be talking about. And it's a very popular subject, so I'm sorry, you just have to hear it again. So in order for God to sort all this out, we need to have faith and believe in him because of his nature and who he is, that this has all been wiped away. And that it's no longer a problem, it's no longer a mountain, it's a molehill again. So today... We need to have faith, okay? We need to pursue a faith that pursues the call of God. Where the world says it is impossible, but faith risks it, and it says it is possible. Amen. This faith I have called this morning tenacious faith, all right? A faith that is persistent, a faith that perseveres, and a faith that is determined to push through these barriers and overcome what the world has tried to put on onto us. Amen. Okay, so now, the best biblical example I can give you, I mean, there's plenty in the Word of God, but we don't have time. If you can all turn to, please, Mark 10, verse 46. And I'm just going to read from 46 to 52. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And followed Jesus on the road. Beautiful story. They say, I mean, we hear of many miracles in the word. There were only a few that the names were actually mentioned. And I believe for a reason, because God's trying to stress a point in these stories. So Bartimaeus' faith was not about his uncontrolled crying out. It was his persistence, despite the resistance from people around him. When he was told to be quiet... He didn't just shy away, he didn't get angry, and he didn't get all bitter and twisted and react like we do, you know, in this day and age. It's like he kind of just, he didn't didn't accept it. In fact, he didn't even maintain that same level of pursuit, but he increased it. So when they said keep quiet, he didn't keep quiet. He shouted out even louder so Jesus could hear him. Amen. So for him, giving up is never an option. And I want to say to you this morning, giving up is not an option for you either, because it it takes you nowhere. It leads to nothing. You don't get anywhere. In fact, you probably go backwards in life because you've given up, and you will not see the hand of God and the blessings over your life. Bartimaeus would not let his request go unanswered. He did not falter. So when they try to keep him quiet, 
He says they were not going to silence his voice either. Here is a man who is blind, who is poor, and it's like he was determined he was not going to be denied. So, exactly, he won't take no for answer. He knew this could have been his only chance. So he didn't just shout, he cried out as if it was a matter of life or death, now or never. Now, I don't know about you, if you picture yourself, a a good analogy I can give you, you're stranded on a deserted island all by yourself. You've been there for years. You see a ship in the distance. I mean, when you wake up and you see that ship going by, are you just going to wave? Hi, don't forget me, I'm out here. You're going to scream on the top of your lungs. You're going to be a lunatic. You're going to go crazy to get the attention of that ship. If you're walking along the road and the way our maintenance of our gutters and everything, and you fall into a deep ditch. You're not going to sit there and think, oh, well, this is my lot in life. I'm going to die, so I love you, Jesus. Please take me now. No. (laughs) You're going to shout with all your might. Come on. Hello. Is anybody out there? Until you get the attention of somebody's ear that'll come and rescue you. Now, this, with that same tenacity, Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus to get his attention. He wanted Jesus to hear him. And if Jesus didn't hear him, he's going to shout even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Jesus was moved by Bartimaeus' faith because he didn't give up. And he knew that Jesus could heal him. He trusted him in that. Amen. So because of his persistence, And his steadfast faith, what happened? In verse 49, it says, So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. He got Jesus' attention. If he just sat there, there's no doubt Jesus knows about him. I do believe he would have known. But he made himself known to Jesus. Okay. So he said to Bartimaeus, Okay, so what is it that you want? Now, Jesus knows what he wants, doesn't he? I mean, come on. But he's asking him. So being a beggar or a homeless man, he could have said, I would have thought probably food and money would be good. You know, if you don't have it, um, it'll be really good. But he had a faith that was just so much bigger than that. He had a desire. And he knew that Jesus was willing and able to fulfill that desire. Um, Gary and, and Janae, when I said desire, it just kind of bounced off on you guys. And it's almost like God saying to you, your desire has, is going to be met soon. I don't know if there was something specific you're praying about or it's just been impossible and it's been a, a blockade or what it is. But God has released something in you now this morning. And that desire you're going to see is going to be met. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So, back to tenacious faith. What do you do when the world or circumstances, your hardships, try and shut you up? Wants to silence your voice, wants to stifle your faith, wants to stomp out your fire. Our response has to be, we call out all the more. We don't just sit there and take it. We fight for it. Because when you fight for it like that, God sees that faith inside of you, and he is moved by that faith inside of you. So you take it and you run. 
Amen. We have to respond in greater desperation, in greater boldness, and with greater determination. We have to. We have to. Um, I wrote here Mark 11, verse 22. It says here, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you will receive them, and you will have them. I mean, this is Jesus' own words. God is not a liar. Why would he put it in the word? We need to believe it, but we need that faith. But when we have that faith, we mustn't have doubt. Because that's where we go wrong. It's like, I can do this, I can do this. I think, you know, it's, we've got to go fully and wholeheartedly into something. Because God is moved by that. I want God to see me. I want God. I want to be noticed by God. Amen? So don't let opposition deter you. But rather, let it stir you. Don't give up when things are bad. This is the time you need to be more persistent and more determined in your faith. You know, Jesus didn't just die and send his Holy Spirit just so we can do church. That was not the point. That was not the object. And to overcome sin. But overcoming sin and reading his word and living out his word has given us so much more of a purpose why we are here. It is also the confidence of the meritorious work of Jesus on the cross that we stand where we are today. So to trust God, we need to know who he is and what he is capable of doing. And how do we do that? In the word. This here is his very divine nature. This tells me that I have all confidence that, yes, we all go through stuff in life. We all go through hardships, whatever it may be. But God has promised me that I will come out the other side great and good, strong, having the victory and giving him all the glory for what I go through. Amen. Now, we recently, I've got a, a very fresh testimony. I'm so proud of this one. But... Um, Funny, it's just like, do I talk about faith? You know, I just want to encourage people just to push through in this time. And, you know, faith is such a broad subject, and a lot of people preach on it, and and I get it. But there's always different aspects you can bring out of it. And during the whole week, I was just listening to people, and somewhere as they're talking, faith would come out. So I said, okay, God, I'm going to talk about faith. So now Ian has got a good friend in Cape Town, and um, he phoned Ian last Saturday in a panic, and he said, but please... Please, my father, I think my father's had a heart attack. Can you pray? We're going to get him to the hospital and all this kind of stuff. So, so we were just stopped automatically and we just started praying. And um, he phoned back later and he told us what happened. I'm going to give you the story because I also want to give you the ending while I'm telling you the story. So what happened, they, they're like stock car drivers and everything. So they decided as a family it was him. Now, he's probably in his late 30s, early 40s. Um, he's Ian's friend, that is. So the father must be what your agent, Pastor John, I'm joking. <laughs> I've got to pick on him while I can. <laughs> so anyway, um, they were, went go-kart racing at the stock car racing track. 
and it was him and his uncle and his dad. And they were going and they were sending it. And next minute, he started seeing his father slowing down. So he was having a little chirp to his uncle. He says, yeah, man, the old man's getting tired now. He can't keep up with this anymore and all this kind of stuff. So they did another round and they came across back to him and he had actually stopped. And he was actually lying like this. I mean, the marshals hadn't even seen it. So they jumped out and they realized something had happened. So when they got there, I mean, he just screamed for help. And this lady came from uh, the side of the track. She came running on, and they pulled him out, and they started resuscitating him and all this kind of stuff, CPR. And um, unbeknown to him, this lady was actually a theater nurse, okay? So anyway, so that's all they could think they were doing. So they said, okay, they have to get to the hospital. The closest hospital was 40 minutes away. So they threw him on the back of the bucky, and him and this nurse were just doing CPR and just trying to get... Him, you know, to breathe and all this, and then the wife and her brother was rushing off. And while they were doing this, he was just, he was just, come on, come on, Dad, come on. You know, he's like crying out. He's like, come on, man, Dad, you can't do this to me. You're too young, you know, and he shouted. And he says, in that instant, he realized, why am I trying to do this? Jesus can do it. And he just turned his whole perspective and said, Jesus, you heal him. It's not his time. And he said, at that moment, this groan came out of him. And the theater nurse, she said, she was scared because those who are in the medical field, I don't know, that a lot of times when they groan like that, it's actually their last. They're taking their last breath. So she was thinking the opposite. But he had the faith to believe that's because his father is good and all right. And they, when they got to the hospital, they'd obviously given them notice ahead of time. They came running out. They put him straight into theater. They did an operation. And just on the weekend, he sent in a photo of him and his dad and mom on the beach, running on the beach. Because that's the thing. One thing his father said was, I want to be on the beach. And here he's running as if nothing had happened. I mean, that is a miracle. That is an, in a week, in one week, he was out of the hospital. I mean, you know, our friend Robert, I mean, he was in hospital for about four, five weeks, you know. And even that was a miracle. But for this man to be standing where he is today, I say it had a lot to do with Gerard's faith as well. He stood in faith and he said to Jesus, you told me in your word, if we pray and we believe in you, you will heal him. So now heal him. I'm not doing this anymore. This is your job, not mine. And he did. Amen. He did. Okay. So, so what I want to say is tenacious faith isn't something you just come across by chance. It's a conscious decision to trust. If you don't trust, sorry for you, you're not going to get what you wanted. Yeah, you're going to lose out. And in that trust, that's where we get to know God and get to know his nature and who he is and what he does and what he's capable of. All the miracles that are in the word. The people he's burnt up and turned to salt. I mean, that's enough to scare us. We don't look at that. But we look at his goodness. Amen? His goodness. So faith is in the moment of crisis, who do you call upon? Just like Gerard did. Who did he call upon? So do you rely on your own strength or do you surrender and just say, okay, God, I can't do this. I don't have a job. I don't have money. I can't do this. But I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to do something that's going to make God notice me so I can sow again or whatever it is that God in the situation that you're in. Faith is where the risk is, okay? It is where trust is involved and where obedience is involved. Faith sees, Pastor John said this, and I've always loved it, faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, 
and receives the impossible. Amen. It is possible. I'm going to read you a short story, another good analogy of faith. One night, a house caught fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son, Jump! I'll catch you! He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see, however, was flame, smoke, and blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling, Jump! I'll catch you! But the boy protested. Daddy, I can't see you! The father replied, But I can see you, and that's all that matters. What I got out of this is that God's got you. I mean, you can put God in as the daddy. He's always there. He knows. He sees the bigger picture. So even though you don't know where you are going, just trust in him. Be obedient. Listen to his voice, and you will be on the right track. You'll be going the right way. Do you think God's going to let you fall and let you get hurt and, and all this kind of thing? Of course he's not. This father was not going to let his son get hurt. He was standing and willing. He is going to, if he comes through that smoke, he's going to catch him. He's got him. And that's how God sees us. He's got us. If you need to inspire your faith this morning, and you just didn't get it from the story of Bartimaeus, go to Hebrews 11. You all know Hebrews 11. I call it the hall of faith. It's just like all these men in the Word of God have all come across that they needed a faith, a tenacious faith to do what God has told him to do. I mean, we're talking about Abraham who has to sacrifice his son, Noah who has to build the ark, doesn't even know about rain or what an ark looks like. You know, all those kind of things, they seemed impossible. But because of their faith, they made it possible. So go there and be inspired and you will see all those men of God. So I want to say, if you pray for rain this morning, God says, Helga, you must pray for rain. If you pray for rain, bring your umbrella. That's how much you must believe that the rain is going to come. Amen. If you don't have a job, God says, well, send your CV out to 500 companies. You're going, oh, are you mad? But where's your faith? Because I can guarantee one of them will come back and it'll be the right one that you need to be. If you don't have finances, sow a breakthrough seed. Whether it is one rain, if that's all you've got, sow it and say to God, this is my faith. I'm sowing this for a miracle to happen. Ian and I did that recently. We need a breakthrough in something. And it's like this couple I know they need whatever. And I said to Ian, Dol, obviously I always, you know, he's my husband and I'm a very submissive wife. So I ask him all things, you know. I'm saying, Dol, please can we sow some money, whatever. And, you know, he's looked first. Where are we going to get it from? Something, I don't know, but I know God will come through for us. He says, okay, you know, spending all my money, <laughs> you know, just joking though. But it's just like, I knew I had to do it. And let me tell you, it was a great sacrifice for us, but I know God's going to come through. I'm going to stand here soon and give you a testimony of that breakthrough that I had to sow the seed for. You just got to hold on. With this couple as well, they're just, they're just so encouraging to me. They like... Honestly, this is their life at the moment. 
They've got nothing. She was made redundant. Um, her husband also, because he's very sick, he's got epilepsy. And yet she keeps sending me messages and saying, God is so good. He has come through. And I'll say, it's almost like manna falls from heaven. People just rock up at their door and just give them food. And it's amazing. I sit there and I'm thinking, yeah, she's really inspiring me. It's like, thank you, Jesus. I think I need this, you know. And it's just like, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't just sit there and give up. Don't. I know things are bleak. When you look at it in the world and you get all this nonsense, I mean, all this, what nonsense has arisen from this worldwide? I mean, when you see it, it's just, you know, it's almost like there is no sense of humanity left in this world when you hear everybody has got an opinion and everybody gets offended about anything. You can't say anything without offending somebody. I mean, come on, you know. So if that's it, the world has fallen apart, exactly. And that's when we know we need God more and more. And this is where the science fiction movie comes in, okay? Watch the space for more. <laughs> I'm going to make one now, I'm joking. But it's like, you watch some science fi movies, and you'll see, like, Divergence and all those kind of movies. And you look at it, and you're thinking, okay, maybe we're not so far away from that. And when, when you were watching it at one stage, it's like, okay, you know. And then it's like, okay, now we're getting a little bit too close to home here. <laughs> but, you know, we know that God would not let us get there. That's what I'm trying to say. God has got you. It's going to be worldwide. I listen a lot to Bethel and that, and you hear them when they, when, in their worship, the songs that they, that new album that came out in lockdown, it's all about revival, the God of revival. So we've got to hold on because God is going to shake this nation and this world, and the Christians are going to stand up and be who we are called to be and to profess the word of God, to make people believe that there is a God and that he can do the impossible. Amen. So let's not waste our time and energy on the virus. Jesus died on the cross for all this to be taken away. I want you, if you are, no, don't have money. If you are sick, trust God. If you're sick and you need a healing, pray and keep praying persistently until God hears you and you will be healed. Amen. We have to put our faith in God because if not, we all wouldn't be sitting here. It will be a hopeless situation. So my question to you this morning is, faith comes by hearing. So what are you hearing? What are you hearing? You know what I'm hearing? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your steps. That's my God. He knows. He knows. And he wants you to grow. That's why you need the faith to fight this. So I want to encourage you, get persistent with your faith. Persevere, get determined, be tenacious, like a wild animal at his kill. He's not going to share it. He's going to rip that thing to pieces. That's how you need to be with your faith this morning. Before I carry any further, Javi and Elmarie, when I was talking about the faith, I just really see that what you guys have gone through in the past has not been an easy road. But yet, don't, don't look at it, don't despair, put it that way, because every step 
that has happened has happened, and God has been there. And it's almost like it's built your faith. You guys have a ministry of faith. And it's like there's such healing in your ministry as well. And it's almost like God is just going to increase that. The faith is there. I'm not saying it's increase the faith because the faith you've already got, but it's the healing anointing that's in your ministry. God, you're just going to see him. He's just going to explode it. You're going to be praying for people, and you're going to see instantaneous healings coming your way. So don't despair. Don't give up. Just keep pushing through because God, God has got you. He has got you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If I can ask you to stand, please. I just want you to close your eyes. And if there's an area in your life right now, where you need God to break through. I just want you to talk to him and just ask him, what can I do in order to get this breakthrough, God? Is it something I must sow? Is it someone I must go speak to? Or whatever it is, God will show you. I don't know what you're going through. God knows. But I just want you, as you're doing it, just believe in him. Trust him. He knows better. He gets the bigger picture. He sees the bigger picture in your lives. And he has only good things in store for you. Yes, this whole virus thing has come to try and destroy us and and stifle our faith. But it's not going to. If anything else, it's going to increase your faith. Because you're going to see the miracles of God happening in your life. You're going to see the breakthrough. I'm so looking forward to the testimonies that are going to come from you. When Pastor John comes here and we can't stop. No, no, I've got something to say. No, no, I've got something to say. I mean, isn't that exciting? So, Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, for your people. Lord, I thank you that there is such a hunger and such a desire inside of them, Father God, to do what you need them to do, Father. I thank you in this time, Lord, you will just give them such strength, such encouragement, Father, and such wisdom in the situations and the circumstances that they are going through, Father. Lord, you are the God of miracles, You are the God of revival, Father God. You are the God of the impossible, God. You can do it, Lord. And Father, I pray that everybody here this morning will lay it at your feet, Father. Give it to you, Lord, trusting that that need has been met. You are an all-powerful God, Lord. You are an all-knowing God. You're a God that has so much compassion for His children. So Father, I pray right now, Just release, release peace over your people, Father. Everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be good. And I thank you for it in your precious name, Lord. And I thank you for it, Lord. Father God, I see those mountains moving, Father. I see those mountains moving. I see people stepping on new ground, Father God. I thank you, Lord. I see oppression just lifting off the shoulders of your people, that weight holding them down and that depression, Father God. I see you lifting that depression now in your precious name, God. I thank you, Father. It is done. It is done in your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, I just want to send your people out with blessings this morning. Father God, that they will walk out inspired, Lord, looking for things, looking for faith, Father God, so they can walk in abundance and walk in freedom, Father. And I thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. Amen.